before we start, I've been practicing my uh, announcer voice. We're trying to get professional. So, um, How'd you go, Pete? How'd you ready? go? All right, ready? Here we go. Here go for it, go for it. Uh, Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Modus... What's the show called? <laughs> What's the show called? No one's given me a script. Oh, Pete. We're at the Motor Talk Radio Show, is it? We're on the All Talk Car Podcast. Oh, the All Talk. There you go. It's now the All Motor Show. Someone should give me a script next time. And that's the voice of not me. That's Benjamin Starr, mate. We're, well, (laughs) co-host with Halil Mustafa and Ross Galetis. Hello. Look, I love cars. Mate, we're an, we're, ama- we're an amazing one at the we're, moment. We're just all smiles at uh, forgetting to talk. We're in. A, this is going to be the best sounding show until our, we set up. Ben's going to help us set up our little studio, but we're inside Ben's bus. <laughs> <laughs> mate, we're we're in a mobile studio, mate. Ben, far away. T- tell us about it, man. This is amazing. Oh, look at look. To be simple, as a as a little kid, I worked in radio. I loved radio as a little kid, but I used to watch John Laws work on radio. And uh, as a kid, I'd go down to Burwood Westfield, and I used to sit there and watch him for hours from the forecourt. And then years and years later, it just is ironic. I end up working in capital city radio stations and became a producer and a radio announcer. And then I got into all the other things that I love, which is the technical side. And I always wanted to make something that was uh, unique for radio to be able to broadcast from. And uh, so this sort of harebrained idea started after a little bit of research and then my accountant at the time said, yeah, that's a great idea, go ahead. And then we did it and then it's like everything. It was, it, it was built too good for the industry. Yeah, so basically, yeah. just because it's a podcast and no one can see what we're doing, yeah. uh, we're inside a Mercedes Sprinter van, yeah. and it's like, is this a standard size from the factory, the length? No, this of is it? the longest. This is the 7.4-metre um, Sprinter. I yeah. can stand. I'm six foot four. Yeah, you can, can stand. stand up here, no problem. Well, it's based on a bus frame. So when it arrived, I mean, you know, literally Mercedes ring you and they say, congratulations, your truck is now in production, and you can watch it all go through the machines and get dipped in stuff. But when it arrived here, it was just basically a shell. Literally. The, the back, so from the front seats back. Yeah, it was is, a, shell. Is a shell. And then I started designing the interior of it long before that. And I had interior designers and, and people working with me because I didn't think I was good enough to do it. And then in the end, it's like everything, um, you end up getting rid of the interior designer because you start working within the confines mm. of what it is. And then I decided to make it into a bespoke broadcast studio. So everything had to be fine detail, including the soundproofing, uh, the electronics, how much weight went on board. I mean, to be honest, uh, in hindsight, we should have ordered it with the next um, chassis up to carry more weight. But literally to measure how much weight we had, we had to pile all the equipment onto pallets and lift it with a forklift and weigh it in the factory. Okay. And then we went back to the truck and thought, hang on a minute, we're overloaded here. So when, so when you said next chassis up, so Mercedes, you, you've, when you We've order the, the van, yeah. it says what weight? Yeah, 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 yeah. So sometimes you'll see that the bigger trucks with bigger, fatter wheels at the back, we should have maybe got a little bit heavier in terms of what we could take on board. Volkswagen do it as well. So they do, they've got their T25, T30, T32. And that's based on the weight. Yeah, and then the ambulances actually run a T40, I think it is. That's right. And it's only built for them. That's right. And these are things that, that, look, these are the things that you do when you first build something. I had no clue about that. I just thought, oh, well, whatever. You just slap it all in and let's go. Just slap it together until the thing exploded one (laughs) afternoon and we had to put all the new suspension back into it. Okay. Oh, that would be. So now the thing about this truck is, when it arrived, the first thing you have to get in your mind is, um, from this moment, there is no warranty because what we're about because (laughs) what we're about to do to it will not be covered under a warranty, which means cutting things out of the ceilings, 
chassis upgrade. Um, also, underneath it, there's about uh, seven uh, lithium batteries because the truck needed to carry the weight of um, an extra power. So if we lost mains power, we had backup power on board. And then on top of it, you've got to factor in the fact that, okay, if that starts to go down after 50%, what happens then? Well, then the engine was retrofitted, so it would automatically fire up and become the generator for the truck. I was truck. about to say that. So the engine's now running. You probably yeah. can't hear that in the background. Yeah. And that's acting like a generator now. Well, yeah. It's actually just doing a top-up, we call it. We just run it, like, because we're not plugged into mains. We're running off battery, but it's actually just trickle power going into it. Yeah. So you run lithium batteries. Oh, yeah. And, and they just almost like using the motor as a generator to top yeah. them up, and, yeah. and they're always at a certain level. They're always at a certain level. They have to be, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's amazing. They yeah. run it. They run it once they get to seventy percent. They'll um, they'll kick the engine over. Ross is sitting in the back, uh, uh, and it's, no, you have it's, to get closer to the mic, Ro- man. Yeah. Ross, Ross is sitting in the back, and it's like someone's telling him a dirty story. Yeah, this is <laughs> this for me. <laughs> or, or his, his eyeballs yeah, this are just is, this for me. Is buying a brand new vehicle, yeah. and then cutting it up. That's yeah. just the ultimate for me. Modifications. Well, Lithium look, you know what? I, oh, at, at the time, I, I was having a, I was a full time <laughs> teacher at TAFE, so I was teaching full time radio students. And, you know, I had all these projects running, but I didn't understand what was happening in my own head. And and basically, at the time, I was starting to battle, you know, depression. And the the thing that got me through was building this truck. I mean, as much as people say, how much did it cost? And, and, you know, it's always irrelevant. Well, it was irrelevant when it came to my health. But I sat there and someone else was paying. Um, But, uh, (laughs) you know, that that always helps when you don't have your name on the the final document either. And, uh, but look, the reality was I got so engrossed in it that I started to think, well, you know, this has to be better than anything that's been created. This is not a caravan. This yeah, is a right. re- this is a, a Mercedes truck. It's carrying the name of the Marconi brand, which, I, you know, who invented radio years and years ago, and Princess Marconi gave me the emblem and crest, so it's got to carry, you know, Marconi's crest. It, it then had to live up to even bigger expectations because, you know, if it was to be used by... Alan Jones, and that was always my my benchmark, I built it to that standard, that when he walked in, he would be so blown away with it that he'd want to use it all the time. And also be comfortable to be able to broadcast from all the time. Yeah, Yeah. and uh, look, you know, that opportunity came because I I can tell you for a fact that the the truck did sit in a warehouse for 18 months. I mean, I had to put it in there as my health got worse and worse. And people would say, are you going to sell it? And I had it on trickle power next to, you know, million-dollar boats. And I used to say to people, I don't care what happens to it. It's not going. It's going to stay because it's the only thing that I've got. And the interesting thing was my opportunity came. And one afternoon, 2GB called me, and um, my first broadcast that I did with them, the first test broadcast, took place on the Gold Coast at the radio conference. It had never been tested before. So we drove all the way up there to the Gold Coast, and I'm standing there with my radio technician, and I just said, look, I'm going to go over here and get drunk because I'm telling you, if this thing doesn't fire up, uh, we're going to look like fools. And uh, it came up to the 4 o'clock news, and Ben Fordham was getting ready to go to air. And down the line from Sydney, we managed to get everything working, was uh, standby. This is 2GB in Sydney, network stations con- you know, crossing over to OB1. Uh, ben, we can hear you. Can we do a final test? And then all of a sudden, the news finished and all the red lights came on on the microphones, the pilot lights, and that was being remoted out of Sydney. And I thought, well, that's the first test. The red lights are on. We're okay. And then the lights started flashing and I thought, right, we're now linked. 
And the next minute, Ben opened his mouth, and I'm sitting there listening through the app of 2GB, and I still, it still blows me away how two little telephone lines from the Gold Coast carried the signal all the way back to 2GB and then up to the satellites and broadcast across Australia. But ironically, we had the studio virtual sitting here. It had never been done before, so we were controlling the automation in Sydney when he'd fire off a commercial break. Uh, the news would come up, the phone callers, and when he'd go line one, he'd hit line one, and basically it was talking to the machines. And, and this is how it all started. And then I thought from that, you know, it's going to get used a lot. Mm. No, for the next 18 months, it was more or less boycotted. Why is that? Well, what, yeah. Well, you know, in, in, in my industry, you can do things too good. And uh, people are threatened. I mean, let's be honest. I'm a guy that wears red glasses, teaches at TAFE, worked on 2CH, and now I'm building broadcast trucks for big presenters. It's a presenters. cool truck. It's, it's a, a cool, cool truck. truck. <laughs> but, people, but technicians are very threatened by the fact that I'm not a technician. But let me go back a step. Yeah. So I just want to describe the design. So yeah. we're inside now yeah. before we get into how it works. So we've got sort of a bench on one side on, on the length of the on the driver's side of the van yeah so I whose seat am I sitting in well where you normally sit is where Alan Jones would sit so I'm sitting with royalty yeah, you're sitting in the royalty I'll give you $50 to yeah. so seats, the last time someone went to air from where you're sitting they broadcasted to 200 stations across Australia wow that's, that's a couple less than us it's a couple no, no, less yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah. what's interesting about it is he did walk in and sat down there and I had flowers, and it was done up with vases. I even had a guy dressed up as a flight attendant standing at the back that did all his breakfast for him. Oh, wow. Yeah, just because, just standing here. Is he here? No, no, he's not here now. Oh, yeah. We got rid of him. Oh. He went with the last COVID uh, sacking. <laughs> but uh, the, we couldn't keep case. him with Job Keeper. So basically, yeah, so we've got, there's like consoles and, sure. a, and a massive clock in front of me yeah. that shows the time. Yeah. And then there's like, Halil's right next to me with his mic. And yeah. then there's another sort of three chairs yeah. where you guys are down the back. Yeah. And then all along on the roof, there's yeah. about, what, eight screens? Yeah, there's TV what? screens. So they're all linked up Channel to... Channel 7, Sky monitor, News, Yeah, monitor all the Channel TV 10. stations. So basically when... when and Foxtel the, as so well. So when Alan Jones is broadcasting mm. from where I'm sitting, learning the craft yeah, for me, yeah, yeah. Um, he's got every <laughs> channel going. Well, he can, he can monitor what's going to air in every channel. He's also got the, t the radio station down the line from the studios talking to him. But where you're sitting at down the back here yeah. is where his producer would sit. And then his panel operator sits here. So the producer job is to get all the information to Alan while he's on air. So there's printers down the back that have silenced. They've been put into special cabinets. Yep. He's printing stories that are coming down the line, and then it all gets basically passed down to Alan, who's live on the air. And the producer would probably be talking to him through the headsets, no, but, normally, not, normally, but not live. Well, when they go to commercial breaks, they all have their headphones okay. off, and they're all talking. Yeah. There's a lot of sign language. Printed yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we do, we do have sign language, and that's the weird thing. If you see someone doing the spin, we call that the spin, that's to wind it up. Yep. Uh, but you see, the, uh, why there's analog My clocks. wife does that a lot. Yeah, oh, yeah. really? Yeah, 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 oh, there yeah. you go. My a lot kids, of people do that. My kids do that to me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do wind they? Up, Dad, yeah. yeah, wind it up. <laughs> that joke's shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but analog clocks are still in because in radio, they, everything's to the second. So when they're crossing to live news bulletins and updates, you, you they have to monitor it. Yeah, r right on the second. So that's linked up via satellite when we're out on location. So everything is, is as so per the studio. Can I ask a question about... The roof, I mean, yeah. well, a couple of episodes ago, I had a multi-van and I cut the roof off it, but that's yeah. another story. <laughs> um, but the roof is, you know, they got on the top of it. What yeah. do we got on top? Like, do we have... Uh, you've, got two got twin, you've got two twin yep. um, air conditioners, uh, extra cooling plants. Antennas. Let's talk about antennas. You've got, you've got a satellite receiver yep. and a satellite uplink. So we can talk up to a satellite and back down to a satellite. It's also got on board 
basically ISDN or internet. Yep. So we use tie lines now. So we've moved, moved right away from all the satelliting stuff. And, um, but there's also reception for all the satellite televisions. Yeah, okay. So Foxtel. So you got a Foxtel D. Two decoders. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then what about uh, so for internet? Do you just use like a four G or a, or now? A 5G oh well, look, type? If, what you do? Look, you can either use mains you directly plug in, or as we've done in the past, and we've never said this. Ross Greenwood went to air one night, and you know they were going, you know, two GB. Hey, everything's connected, and I said, yeah, yeah. I was tethering it off my phone. Oh no. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Because Hopefully we lost you, their you connection. Were with Telstra, not, oh, yeah, we're with Telstra. Yeah, okay, that's good. But then we've got those little four four uh, G dongles. Yeah. So you know. Radio is pretty pretty easy to to work around, yeah. and you just don't let the, um, the techs know back at the studios that we're actually running on little dongles. Oh, so oh, how many vans? So you going back to your original yeah. story? So two GB sort of had the van sitting eighteen months idle. Yeah. Is there any other broadcast vans like this? No, you see, there's a lot of television vans. Yeah, I've seen them. But there's at- nothing specific for radio. Okay. Um, and, and that's the, the interesting thing is radio is going through a very sad point in history. And I mean, you know, people will say to me, do you think you should sell it? I've, even today I was offered to buy someone to buy it. But that wasn't by me. <laughs> no, no. But, I, but, but I then have this hesitation because I sometimes think, well, it's going to bounce back at some point. But it's, it's changed so much. I mean, everybody, everybody is working remotely. The days of going out and doing an outside broadcast are very different to what they used to be. And clients, you know, to get clients now to pay the big $70,000 uh, tag that we did for, say, Alan Jones's broadcast, uh, few and far between. Yeah. Few and far between. Don't you think people are going to want to use it more? I mean, with, with everyone mo- being mobile and at home, and this studio can go to pretty much anywhere. It can go anywhere. I mean, look, where it's really coming to life is probably more in podcasting land now. So, yep. Yep. And regional, ra- regional radio is, is very, very interesting in the fact that AM and FM radio is still very big out there. In the city here, you know, you, you're competing against everything. Sonos, downloadable apps. Kids don't listen to radio, so, you know, that's the other thing. Yeah, they want no, everything. They're, they're, I mean, my kids just keep getting the the, um, the YouTube kids up out. Yeah. All, whatever they want to listen to, mm. they watch the um, the video clip along with the music. And, yeah. You know, yeah, but that, that, won't that change? I can't see how little normally can see. Won't that change as <laughs> as you get older? I mean, I never used to listen to the radio. I mean, I grew up listening to what was his name, Stan Zamanik at yeah. night, and yeah. sort of falling asleep to him. Um, you know, reeling on. Thing. Yeah, but um, <laughs> wow, Ross. Yeah, what can I say? Really, I was talking when I was eighteen. But as you yeah. get older, as you, you know, you listen to cassettes. Yeah, and then as you get older, you start to listen to the radio. I remember thinking, I'm never going to listen to AM radio now. Bang, it's the first thing I put on. Well, yeah, but you're in. How old are you now? I look 35, but I'm actually 43. <laughs> okay, well, I'm 47. So the, the thing about you, it, though, And you is, look younger than me. Well, yeah, that's because, you know, I probably act young. Um, but uh, what I was going to say, radio's changing from the fact, like, 2GB are going for a younger audience. Now, it's, it's uh, fantasyful to think that a 24-year-old is going to turn on to Ben Fordham and be with him for the next 20 years like an no. Alan Jones. The, the rusted yeah. listener has definitely died and gone. And, you know, radio is, is changing so quickly that what's killing, say, AM radio is the running costs of it. It costs a lot of money to run. The t- transmission costs are huge. The environmental impact stuff is massive. Wow. And then you've got digital radio. But, you see, cars are still very much behind in this country with uh, the technology that they have on board. Other countries around the world have opted out of AM and FM broadcasting and just gone for DAB. 
but you're only seeing a little bit of that happening. Like Volkswagen, I don't think carry AM radios anymore. Some of their some of their lines. So you know you're starting to see the change, but until it's regulated, well, I think my BMW's only got. I don't think I've got AM and FM. I've, I've only got DAB. Well, see, there you and go. I've, I've never listened to AM in. You know, listen so to you're only listening on DAB. Well, I do in the morning. And yeah. it's, it's really hard to listen to to listen to AM in yeah. digital. I'll be honest with you because I like the the static of, of the, oh, yeah. the broadcast of, of AM. But well, there's something about that. Is there something? I mean, I used to listen to, is it 9, 2UE? 2UE, yeah. And, and 2UE went to the sport, I'm not a sports person, no. they went to this full sports station and then I flicked back the other day just to, playing to music. have a listen to it and it's just music and it sounds... Terrible. On, on Yeah, it sounds terrible. Well, that's because of the processing. That's because of also the fact that AM radio is finding it very difficult now to survive in cities where there's big, tall buildings getting built everywhere. Okay. And they've got to push more power out to get the same output. Yeah. So where's the expense, Benjamin, in transmitting a program like an AM, like a 2GB? Oh, it, the talent is massive cost. So the staff? Oh, staffing is massive. You know, a newsroom can cost you over a million dollars a year just to run. In and people? And in people power. That's before any advertising's bought in. Wow. So when, when, a, when a reporter goes out yeah, live yeah. Or, or, or reports, yeah. do they just record it and then upload it to some link and then someone back at the station Well, these days it? we use all uh, special apps and they, you know, the, the newsroom would be working on stories and the, the reporters are sent out on particular jobs and they've got to file stories back to the studio. But yeah, they basically just basically record it on an iPhone and then they can basically hit send, save it to a, s a certain quality that has to be broadcastable, and then they just send it to the FTP site, and it goes into what's called a cartwheel. And then in the studio, they'll edit that audio to suit what they're doing with the story. Right. So there's a lot of, lot of work that goes into pulling it together for five minutes. But then on the other side of it, you've got you know, teams of people on air. Um, you know, Alan Jones had nine people working behind the okay. scenes in a show like that. Yeah. But he was a very successful show, too. You know, you, you could see... Sure. Those nine people were worth every cent. It, that yeah, show yeah. was a well-oiled machine. That's right. Yeah. But you see, they don't want well-oiled machines anymore, and this is the problem. They don't want bespoke or the best of. They're quite happy to go for... Bit raw. Well, not raw. I'd actually say mediocre, well, yeah. middle of the road. I mean, average is fine. And the program's got to be like nationwide or syndicated. Well, so if, if you listen to 2GB, it's gone very soft on, on hardcore news. Oh, yes. And that's deliberate because they don't want liability. And, but the, the sad thing is uh, the ratings will slip. I mean, as much as they keep saying the ratings are going to hold, that's not going to hold. You know, what attracts people is the, the Joneses, the firepower. No one wants nice announcers. The Stanza Marnix was successful because it was a show and it was a great act. Behind the scenes, he was laughing his head off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you you know, can't, but you can't get away with that sort of show anymore. Well, that's because everything's changed. It's political correctness. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Sunday nights, you used to listen to, what was it, Dr. Feelgood. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. those days are gone. She used to talk about vibrators and tampons mm. and penises. But, but and exactly. You're like, how do you listen? It's 7 o'clock on a Sunday I, night. I watched, uh, when it first came out, yeah. um, the Howard Stern show. Oh, yeah, okay. well, there you go. And... I've said this before when Pete, Pete and Ross pull me up yeah. and say, you can't say that. Yeah. It was like, I, I, one of the things I remembered was yeah. when they were doing the, the ratings and they thought they had him by the balls and they were going to get rid of him. Mm -hmm. And they said, we asked the people, why do you keep listening? I want to hear what he says next. Yeah. Well, that yeah. Was, that's radio. And then corporate guys get involved and, and uh, solicitors and lawyers got to realise behind all these radio stations there's probably six lawyers that work full time 
just managing these guys. And, uh, you know, like when Alan Jones goes off his head and tells what he <laughs> tells the audience what he thinks of Jacinta Ardern, I love it. most of the audience agree with him, but unfortunately the do-gooder advertisers get um, yeah. hoisted by some 24-year-old that goes on social media. We won't shop at Woolworths anymore because of because, what you said. Yeah. And then another 24-year-old at Woolworths goes, oh, my God, that's terrible. And then all of a sudden they're just going on hearsay. You know, it's, yeah. all, it's all a nervous reaction because re- the reality is the audience that listens to Jones probably spend all the money at Woolworths and Coles anyway. Mm. Yeah, correct. Right? And you see, so what's happened with Jones is very interesting. He's, he's left radio, but everyone's following him to Foxtel. And well, they're making has, a fortune right? because, you know, Foxtel, it's pay-per-view. So, you know, people are signing up to Foxtel at the rate of knots. People will go where they, where they want to go to get what they want to get, you know. And Alan is, is not past his use-by date. And if anything, um, what happened to him, he was more or less, I think, pushed out. That's how, but every, when they all leave now, it's a nice thing that they it's put nice out on the thing, website. Yeah. You know, Alan's resigned. La, la, la. They don't really tell you the truth. Alan's retiring, and he's on Sky. He's never he's retiring. Next, he probably didn't want to get up early in the morning either. Oh, I'm who sure knows? That's taxing. But to see him on air in here was amazing. Like you know, in your sudden, that's when it all came to life for me. It was almost like, oh, this harebrained idea wasn't that harebrained after all. Yeah. I reckon that was that's probably worth it just to have that. It was just to have worth it. building the whole thing. I mean, oh. You couldn't. I mean, I just stood outside. That's amazing. And I was just watching this, and I thought, I can't believe it. I finally got him in here. Yeah, and and I mean, he's been broadcasting all most of his life. Yeah. What was his comment? What was his reaction? This when he is in unbelievable. Here? This has got a better sound than our studios. It's so. It's just. I, he said, I can't believe it. He said, I'm in awe of everything. You must have felt pretty yeah. good. Yeah. He said, this no, is like going amazing. to you know first class on Qantas, but. It was a whole show. It was at the flower markets, and I had the whole thing with the awnings out on the side, with the flowers underneath it, with the guy standing there handing out flowers. You know, the guy inside. It's all a show. Yeah. I said to the guy, I don't care what you do. If he wants a, he likes tea. I said, just make him tea. Mm. You know. But but at the end of the day, did management really like it? Probably not. Well, they didn't because I got hauled in and yelled out for it because you see. I took over. <laughs> well, I couldn't just stand there and watch their promotions team, and I had to push them out of the way. Well, yeah. you're not just the driver. I mean, are you, well, the, no. are you the, loan, uh, the landlord? Are you the custodian? Or yeah. do you just say, thank you for paying the money? Oh, well, there was a you whole, fight, was a whole fight about that. I mean, it was agreed to, and then they reneged on what they wanted to pay. So I, I'm not going to no. the contractual side of things, but the technicians know how to use the equipment here. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and, and the thing is, when you get when you get all their their teams going, oh my god, this is fabulous, and and the technical guys back at the station, in a way, I think perceive it as they're rubbing it in our face, you know. Yeah. And then it was then I was hauled into a meeting, and they wanted to before the thing was broadcasting, wanted all the electrical plans for the truck, and I'm like, what? And uh, and then I turned to the guy and I said. Um, Colonel Sanders doesn't give you the seven herbs and spices. <laughs> eleven. Yeah, yeah, eleven. And I said, let me tell you, you're not getting any of these. And ironically, I said, look, you know what? If you don't want to use it, that's cool. I said, yeah. I'll just pull out right now. Um, but it was too late. But, you know, it, it, it's, yeah, it, for me, it was great. But then, of course, he says on the air at the time um, across Australia or someone on social media said, the quality on air today is fantastic. Well, of course, that just gets them all offside. Of course it does. You know, so oh, no, I'm happy to say the quality of our podcast <laughs> is probably amazing today. Oh, yeah, we're through the roof. Oh, uh, hey. Halil, you sound amazing. Oh, yes. <laughs> just going back to the, to the truck. I mean, you got the on air yeah. signal. So on air lights. So when you said earlier in the story when you were in Queensland when the on air light came on, yeah, is that driven from the studio? Yeah, when well, it's flicked? driven from here. But the fact that it actually fired up 
we knew straight away, okay, we're linked. Yep. And then, you know, what gives us all this amazing sound is I had to design this as an upside-down studio. So normally the weight sits on the roof. Okay. Right? So what we had to do was because of it's such a tall truck, we had to reverse it. So literally the soundproofing's in the floor. Right. And right, uh, there's 400 okay. kilos of weight just in the flooring. What did you use for soundproofing? Oh, everything. I mean, literally, look, I road tested five or six different styles of carpet in my own studios at home, and I had stuff piled on walls. This is the sound that I wanted to create. And then I thought, uh, okay, well, when we put it down, we'll put down uh, a wood floor, then we'll put a special layer of insulation, then we'll put another layer of carpet, then we'll insulate it again, and then we'll put the top layer on. But ironically, the floor is, is... neither here nor there where the real work happens is in the wall panelling and this is all made, this is all lightweight made out of PVC um, bottles believe it or not so as I said earlier one side's the table behind you is yeah. what's in that cabinet oh there's two televisions that come out so when they're on air people can see you know who's, the, okay. who's on the radio and no, then I could live in here you could live in here I did at one point. And, um, <laughs> I'm not going to ask. Don't need the, to know why. With a toilet. Is there is a toaster over here. Yeah, there is a toaster. <laughs> but in the roof, it's all special soundproofing. Lightweight is what they put into boats. So, Ooh, you know, yeah, so it's just, you know, when you're riding in a, you know, or driving a luxury boat to get rid of that wave sound effect hitting the, the hull, yep. it's the same sort of styrofoam. So the thing is highly flammable, probably. But, um, <laughs> but literally, then I thought, well, okay, yep, how do we, hi- how do we hide okay. all these hideous um, air conditioning ducts? So then we had to make this bespoke piece in the middle. So in the end, it started taking the form of like building an A380 aircraft. Yeah, wow. You know, and then. then and it, you did this all yourself. I did it with a team of people. I mean, I'd go out and wire. I mean, there was over a kilometre of cabling that went into it. Uh, and then, you know, with the second retrofit, we halved that. So the weight, the weight was really in the wiring. The big power problems that we had initially wasn't all the equipment. Believe it or not, it was two $99 bloody printers that was stripping the power all the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was little things like that. Did can, you, I, can I ask you a question? Sorry, Pete. Can I go back to the batteries? Did you start with lithium or did you... No, no, you no. you started with... Like a lead-acid battery. We started with lead, and they were hopeless. They'd only yep. give you about 10 seconds yep. of charge. Oh, wow. Then, and the weight was just horrendous. Yeah, say, so we took them out, and then we upgraded it again, and uh, we haven't had a problem since. Yeah. And, and, and these batteries now are probably, well, they are obsolete. So the next generation of that, again, is even lighter again and more efficient. So, you know, it's like everything. The first one's the hardest one to build. Mm. Stats. How much did it cost to build? Oh, well, the He's truck was 90 grand, oh, and I think no. that the fit-out was... I mean, I know the labour cost, just to, to do the labour cost, was 87000 Wow. And the material cost probably at another fifty. So did you get a specialist electrician team or studio? I mean, he did it himself. No, no, no. Yeah, but what well, I'm saying I, yeah, is... I did actually. I went, well, to be honest, I took it to a special factory that built all the ambulances. And so, so the, yeah, so the, it was, it was in its own bay. bay. Oh, yeah, it was in its own bay. I mean, it yeah. had its, it, it was undercover. It was quite fascinating to see how they, they take pride in all this stuff. And I had an engineering team that worked with me. Everything that I needed to put in had to be going past the electronics guys. And then we had to work out, can we put that on with this inverter? If we can't, we've got to upgrade it. So, yeah, it was a whole so balancing. it's fully engineered as well. Oh, it had to be. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and, yeah. and from start to finish, time-wise? I mean, oh, it not took nine months. Nine months. Yeah. And, and once you, I mean, 
you can hear us. The microphones are working. But yeah. what about the engineering and getting it on the road? Did you well, have to pass any? Oh, that was huge. I mean, to be honest, when when they rolled it off the production line, it was like watching a, a 747 going off the production line. And the first thing that everyone was noticing was how much the back of it's sitting down. Like the Suspension weight is the weight. very, very heavy. Then it was, okay, we can get away with that. So they fixed it up and they did a few other tweaks to it and we, we raised it up a bit higher. And then it was, um, okay, now let's get it out on the road and just balancing the weight in the car and, and just seeing how the car sat on the road. And we worked out that we had to reverse some of the heavy amplifiers to the other side of the racks down the back there just to get the, the balance of it to yep. shift. Then we decided to put hydraulics underneath it to balance it up if we were on a, a surface that wasn't flat. So we all think that everything's flat, so it's not. Look, look at Ross's awesome. face. It's pretty look scary, actually. I mean, it's pretty, it. it's, made, it's, it's just insane. And then do you when, want to build you another one? This is like a dream I'd love life. to do another one. <laughs> then, I took, then they took it over the pits, and then the RTA had to basically sign off on it. Because yeah. How were now, they about it? Well, do you know what? Surprisingly, because the company that I go through, uh, you know, have a reputation, it wasn't that bad. But um, they were pretty strict. I mean, you know, we had they to get it under strict. three ton. Oh, so there was weight limits for... Is it for the type of registration on, on the road? Yeah, yeah, is yeah. That... I mean, just to give you an idea, it cost me 6000 a year just to insure it. Okay. That's not the interior. That's just the truck. The truck, uh, yeah. You know, so people think, oh, yeah, it's, you know, it's just a truck. It, well, it is. This but is not just a it, truck. It costs a lot of money. How does it drive? Well, you do a lot of cases. I do. I've driven to Cairns in it nonstop. Wow. And I've driven right across Australia down into uh, Broken Hill. I mean, you know, I don't know what it's like to drive without having weight. How much fuel does it drink? It's the most efficient thing I've ever driven. I can get to Tweed Heads on one and a half tanks. Diesel? Diesel. So I get, oh, I'll probably, if I leave here from Sydney, I would get to um, easily Grafton on one tank, then a quick top up, and I'm in Brisbane. How many litres is in a tank? I think it's about 70. That's oh, not bad. It's not bad. It's pretty good. Yeah, fully laden. I mean, you can feel yeah, the, the weight. weight. Yeah, yeah. The big thing that you, you notice with this is because it's so high and the way it's designed and it's got, you know, awnings that come off the side of it you've got to be careful around wind you know because oh, yeah. the wind can hit it cross and, winds, yeah and, and if it hits the top of the um it air moves. cons it's like it's like a, a plane you know where they go into yeah, put your seatbelt on yeah a bit of turbulence hey alan there's a bit of turbulence yeah, yeah, your yeah. On, mate. <laughs> stop recording but it's uh look you know all in all i mean it's pretty efficient so you've got to watch the height on these things one of the one of the hosts of this show has an issue with driving with their bicycles on the roof. <laughs> um, that, that's actually me. <laughs> so, and uh, one of the roofs yeah. wheeled back like, oh, like really? tuna. Yeah, like opening a tin of tuna. Like, I'd hate to think what that would be like. Yeah, so you've got to be really... You don't go to Westfield, uh, Burwood, no, do no, you, no, in this? No, no. She's 2.6 metres high. high. Was, that, was that you? Really? Where? The bike's on the roof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what? Yeah. I, I, no, I, I saw the photo. Really Were you asleep last week yeah. during the whole episode? Because you are on the episode. You were actually on the episode. Oh, you were Googling we on your phone. Yeah, we spoke about it. Yeah. You were Googling the Perfumante. Oh, wow. Guys, I did some... Let's, can we just talk about the Perfumante for a minute from last week? Yep. I've been obsessed with that car. So there was a car last week we were talking about, the, the twin turbo Perfumante. I've found every single photo and I found the build of that thing. I want to build one. That thing is unbelievable. Do oh, so now we're building a mobile studio and a Hurricane no, I'll start, Perfumante. I'll start with the studio. We'll ask, we'll ask Ben if we can take the van roll racing. No, you can do whatever you no, want. No, 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 you can't take this thing. <laughs> Actually, you know, I was just thinking that. Oh, hello. This, yeah. this, this actually be good to broadcast from out there. Yeah. One of, one of the things that I, I mean, I, I go drag racing and roll racing. Oh, really? But one of the things that He's I've always... He's not very good at it. Um, 
<laughs> he drives well, a whole sport, Sports is huge. He's got a whole One of the things that I've always wondered was that, at, especially Wednesday nights, which is all your street cars and, yeah. you know, well, race and maiden stuff. Yeah. What it's like um, to come first. There's no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you sorry. are lucky uh, he's in between sorry. us. I know, that's what I'm saying. There's no broadcast no, of the race. I just want to let you know. I'm going to get my ass no, kicked there's up. There's no commentary at the track. Oh, okay. Well, right? this is what this can do. There's, there's a bit of gibbering. The guys walk through the pits. He doesn't know his ass from his elbows. Yeah. Go to Kudamundra. Um, so, yes, <laughs> so can we set this up like yeah. a, bro- a mobile studio oh, linked yeah, this up can to broadcast to its own internet channel, but link it to the speakers? Say these, yeah, 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 and, and it can go direct to its own iApp. So you know, we have it. We can broadcast it direct to its own radio channel, and uh, that's the great thing about all this stuff. It's it's very everything is mobile now. Now where you're sitting, if you pull all those covers back, that's, that's a virtual TV back. studio. So literally there, that broadcast, that's a mixing desk direct to air for television. Oh, we can make our own movies. Well, you can do everything from here. It's, no, it's very clever. No. Looking at, the, the boat. looking at the carpet, you could make yeah, certain yeah. movies. Yeah, you can make da, all da, the da, movies you want. Da, da, da. <laughs> I love it. Halil, you're on, mate. We're ready for roll racing. I'm roll only racing. G- I'm, only I'm racing tomorrow night. In what? Oh, you want to borrow my car? It's no. not ready. What? No. No, no, no. no, no. Sydney Dragway is back open. First meet the tomorrow prop- night, new surface. The proper oh, right, dragway. There you go. Can I come? Rock, you, do you want to come? Well, can I take the X5? You can if you want. Do you want to enter? Are we drag racing? How drag racing. How does it work? Does he hit? Put it into launch mode, fire Straight. away. I can't put it into launch mode. Why not? I don't know how to do it. <laughs> I tried the other day. It didn't work. We'll set it up for Have you. Have you had it tuned yet? Um, if BMW is listening... <laughs> no. No. If... if BMW is not listening. Yeah, I got it back only a couple of days ago. We did. Uh, we took the secondary cat off. So what? what and tuned it. Oh my goodness. So are we going racing or not? Yeah, we're going to have to go racing. I tomorrow really, night. I re- are you in for tomorrow night? Mm, I'll let you we'll, know. We'll sort it out. Uh, we'll go next week. I really, I really want to see what this thing can do because it's blisteringly fast. It's ridiculous. I know. When Pete took us for a drive no, that no, time, yeah, you yeah, absolutely it's, shit yourself. I did shit myself. Do you still have to shit yourself? This is worse. This is you, Peter. I'm not letting you drive it. It's that. I, I it's, have to, guys. It's it's really quick. It is super fast, and I'm, you, gonna, no, I'm not going to beat so that what, green. What happened was what happened. What happened was uh, <laughs> yeah. we, we did a live drive. So. We did a live yeah, drive, yeah, and, yeah. and Ross had just picked up his new, you know, super fast yeah. SUV. Yeah, and he let Pete drive it, and which, Pete, was, which Pete, was still only on its um, limited yeah. power. Because yeah, it was, so Pete comes around this. Horseshoe bend. Anyway, I and shit just myself, okay? And, and, and roll race. Nails it. <laughs> oh and, and the car lurches to one side, oh, goes man. the other way. Ross is petrified. <laughs> I was not petrified. Fully <laughs> under control, my dear. <laughs> I, I was crying I, a little bit. I was sitting I was sitting in the back seat. I was trying to sort of like sit away from the window so the yeah. airbag doesn't punch me in there the head. There was just no airbags. Yeah. There were no parked <laughs> there were no parked cars around. It wasn't Pete's M three. Yeah, there was just a lot of concrete. <laughs> Back, bit of bit of your background, Ben. I mean, how did, did you stumble your way into broadcasting, or I mean, you said earlier you I started when I was thirteen. So I got into radio when I was thirteen. I worked in community radio, and then I um, got a job in in Capital City Radio. And by eighteen, I finished school, and my first job was uh, producing Larry Emder on radio. Oh, I remember and, him. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. So I went into doing that for couple of years and then I kept on you know wanting to follow the radio dream and I became a radio announcer in the country did that for seven weeks and hated it and then I came back and well there's no luxuries out there why does everyone do the country stint oh, because because, country well, because you're not good enough in radio's eyes until you've worked in the the country you know because no one's listening 
Well, no, actually, surprisingly, a lot of people listen, but it's where you really learn the craft of being a, r- a really good radio announcer. But I never, I, I went out there, but um, it just wasn't for me. And then a couple of years later, I ended up getting a job on 2CH. And I pitched an idea to the boss at the time who was pretty high on drugs. And um, <laughs> it was midnight. And I said, look, instead of paying me $14 to sit here and push buttons, why don't I just uh, host the show and, and get paid the same amount of money? And he said, that's a fabulous idea. And the next morning, um, they issued me a contract. <laughs> and uh, that? that's how it all happened. And then I, I did that for five years. And at midnight to dawn is a very, very hard shift. I was doing six shows a week. Was yeah. there any talk back? Because, because that, of the no, 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 it was all, just because of the strange people that called in? No, it's just it's the sleep patterns. Um, and, and because I was so reliable, I was never going to get onto a primetime shift. And, um, yeah, but, it, but, you know, it was great because I had my own world there and my own audience. And, you know, overnight, between 2GB and myself, which was owned by John Singleton, we were pulling the biggest audience in Sydney alone. I mean, I had, a, you know, a lot of people listening. That, that whole, that, I'm fascinated by that night time, you know. Yeah, the bewitching hour. Yeah, you had, like, regular listeners that would call in. Yeah, yeah. it's like Lifeline. I mean, if I don't hear from certain callers... You're like, oh, that, well, Bob I, hasn't called in today. Well, I did, yeah, on. and let me tell you, when we did call Bob, he, he had checked out and a lot of that would happen so you know I had a group of people that would call every night and I could pinpoint it by the second now if I didn't hear from them for that night the next night I would ring them so I'd make a little note but that's the sort of thing that happens on overnight radio and by the way when I was on overnight radio I'm there by myself so I'm in the the building by myself there's no one there where was your producer I don't have a producer I did everything myself so uh, overnight you've got to be the announcer the panel operator everything did you pick the songs no everything's pre-programmed and you literally all you're employed to do is and welcome back Sydney's relaxing easy classics here's Barbara Streisand and then you play the song I'd play the same song every time (laughs) yeah and, and uh, I was on air one night and I thought, what the hell's going on? All these lights are flashing outside and the fire alarms had gone off. There was a fire of a couple of floors up in the building and the fire brigade were there with, you know, masks and bloody axes at the door. And they said, mate, you've got to get out of the building. I said, well, how would I know? I said, this is a soundproof studio and my back's facing the other way. It faces the other yeah. way. And I'm on air. Yeah. Leave alone. Yeah, well, they actually said, no, you've got to get out of here. So I had to load up the, what we had back then as cart machines. And I had to load up with, we had an emergency pack which had um, multiple 20. songs, 20 songs on each track. 20 Barbara Streisand songs. <laughs> or the full, full version of yeah. Man of the Hell, yeah, Man of the Hell yeah. from Meatloaf. And Meat it was Loaf. just like, ching, 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 ching. And then we went out and we were sitting outside and, you know, it was all fine. But that was radio back then. Now it's all completely automated. Mm. And now, and then, you know, I've basically got out of radio. I was sacked by Bob Rogers for back answering him at 27. And um, I ended up doing a guest spot at TAFE and that turned into... A 17-year career teaching over 6,000 kids radio. That's so awesome. taught, awesome. Uh, taught at TAFE awesome. for a long, long time. Yeah. So I've always wanted to know. I spent mm. my years before being yeah. in food. I spent my years in magazine publishing. So I kind of, oh, okay. I kind of get that side you of it. Get it. The advertising. And I've always been fascinated with radio. Well, once it's in your blood, it's in your blood, it isn't it? Blood, advertising. Right? Yes, and, and I'm fasc- always fascinated with radio. Yeah. And I always wondered, and I used to book ads on radio on my yeah. How do they get the ads? That thirty-second slot, so perfect. Or how do they get the news? Like if some, oh, like right nut, on the hour. Yeah, if some nut job calls in and you're on the phone and you're like, "How do I get rid of this person?" But after a while, you kind of work it out. Well, you do. I mean, particular music radio is hard because uh, talk radio, you've got the luxury of I'm just switching of, them off. Well, basically saying well, thanks for your call. Yeah. And and on on talk radio, you know, you've got to get out at um, what is it? Uh, 
57, so 57 to the hour, 3 to the hour, 3 minutes to the top of the hour. So you're always in your head 3 minutes to the top of the hour. On music radio, I didn't, we didn't have automation systems that balanced it all out. So when I was doing it, I had to start working out my timeouts at a quarter to the hour. So as we got to the quarter to the hour, I'd look at what's remaining on the log sheet, I'd start adding everything up, and then I'd look at the clock, and I'd then have to start balancing it all in my head. So to, to get to the news perfectly on time and to hit the pips at five seconds to the hour, cold is what we had to do, yeah. I had to make sure that I was ready to roll and the first ad rolls to air at 56.30. Right. Right? So, so it's like I've got four Barbra Streisand songs left. Yeah. yeah well, you'd add them all up and then you'd, then, then you'd pad out at the top the of the hour. If the advertisers, if you got it wrong... I mean, as someone yeah. that's spent a, to- a lot of time in strategic planning and yeah, marketing, yeah. you'd get the shits. Well, if, the, if you got it wrong, if you were the advertiser, the advertiser would be on. I guarantee you, they'd be on the phone. You're going, hey, yeah, they used to all the time. Would, Isn't know. there certain minutes per hour as well for advertising? Yeah, like so the, twelve minutes. I mean, uh, when I was working at Two GB once, we were running eighteen minutes an hour. We couldn't keep up 18 with them. Eighteen minutes. Were you allowed hour? to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, like. That's how heavy the log sheets were. I mean, you, you know, literally talk radio was in and out, in and out, onto a break, onto a break. You know one thing that really bites me at the moment? I, I love advertising. Yeah. Like I said, it's in my blood. Yeah. It's been in my blood my whole life. One thing that really gives me the mm-hmm. shits is the live reads. Oh, did you have a wonderful sleep last night? I did on my freaking... Oh, we were the host yeah, the, the, the 30 seconds. And you're like, oh, don't you... And it's like... We, you know, A, I know it's fake. B, you didn't sleep on the Easy Sleeze pillow yeah, or whatever it was called. they might have. I don't think they did. Well, okay? they make they got, th- those they ads actually work. Oh. It's, a, it's amazing how many people buy that. Look, I, I work on the TV shopping channel now, TVSN. And I, I, you're, I, my, you're my hero, radio uh, and the TV yeah, shopping well, I've, channel. I've, and you've I've, got a cool van. Well, I've morphed TV across. Shopping. But the thing oh, is, a girl, you know, on you, TVSN, anyway. there's no script and it's all fly by the seat of your pants. And they, they cue you in. And you're sitting there going, you know, in your ear, they're going, stand by, we're going live on Foxtel, Channel 10, and satellite into New Zealand in 15 seconds, 10, 5, the studio goes dark, and then you're on. And it's like, and here we are this hour selling vacuum cleaners, and you've got to make sure that you know everything about the product. Did it suck? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And you can't make jokes like that at all. Yes. But, you know, those sort of shows can turn over 30 grand in an hour. You know the oh, sleep spinalese spinalese pillows. Oh, Mo, spinalese. Yeah, well, Mo, who sleeves. created that, he, he's a very clever man. He's got that. He's got that many people in the factory. They can't keep up with making them. What about the ShamWow? The ShamWow guy. How's he going? He's going well as yeah. well. <laughs> so they do work these live reads. Well, they do, and the okay. more annoying the ad is, the more successful yeah, yeah. they are. <laughs> Winston with a blind. Winston. I was about to say. There you go. That guy drives me insane. Winston with a Y. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the blind factory. That guy. No, no. What about <laughs> oh, the blind factory? Blind. Now my friend that does guy. that, and he, he records that in his closet, believe it or not, in London. Really? And yeah. He's a scriptwriter, and you know he even gets into the character. It's quite That's, weird. That and that that Winston. No, not Winston. Yeah. The, the, it's Our Winston with a Y. Yeah. Winston that, with a Y. Yeah. That's kind of like. Yeah. No, no, no the blind, uh, no, sorry, the blind factory. Oh, that's the other one as the well. The blind factory. You kind of just go, Fred, oh my goodness. However. Are you two right there? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, and you kind of just look at that ad or you listen to that. And you go, I don't want to, it's like watching a train wreck. I don't want to turn it off. I want to see what happens next. Well, yeah, and it's like car ads. I mean, car ads work well on radio. I mean, it's all theatre of the mind. You see, they're telling you a story and a, and a dream of a car. Most people don't care what's under the bonnet. They don't care. Oh. They don't understand what's under there. You know, so when they're selling the new Lexus 400, it's all about the voice. 
Drive the ES400 today and experience a whole new world. And once I'll, take, you get, I'll take two. Thanks. Yeah, see, and that's what happens. He's good. And when I was on radio, I realised, you know, we used to get a lot of commercials, and I was very good at doing the um, funeral ads. Okay. Funeral parlours, you know, and I do these. You know, I do all these have interviews. You got, have you got one? Give me one. Okay. Oh look, you know, uh, what was one that I used to do? Um, are you feeling? No, are you when that you time, feeling when well? That, when, you that die time, yeah, when that time comes in life that you need to look after a loved one, Woodcoffle Funerals can help. <laughs> And, and, and you know, and it's almost like, and, they, and you know, when you meet with the client, when you meet with the client, they'd say, "It's wood coffle." I love, I love when you go into the studio. They all want to. And it's like, right, okay, wood coffle funerals, and yeah, they it's, they think they're selling a Maserati. <laughs> Uh, we, are yeah. sell, uh, we are trying to sell. We are trying to sell Maserati. Exactly. Like we do exactly. Have, we, there is one for sale at the yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. So can oh, you really? sell it for us? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know the art. The art of see. This is all great having it all, but still the art of it all is how it all comes together. The magic of radio is amazing. I mean, we can sit in here and be broadcasting anywhere, and it's the power of the voice. And I used to say to kids, you know, the eyes are the windows to your soul. The, vo the signature of your soul is your voice. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's the thing. And um, I was a kid that had a shocking voice and had no confidence. So I think that's what gives you an edge to get into it. I think you've got to be a little quirky, a little bit out there, and a little bit eccentric to sort of push yourself through it. Because if you don't, I think you'll fall in a heap. Yeah. And, and even on television, I never look at what I do on TV because I just think, oh, my God, I must look terrible. But when I walk off air, they'll always say, oh, Ben, you sold 30000 a product in that half hour. Beautiful. But, but at the time, you're thinking, oh. Well, at the time, you don't know. I mean, look, yeah. to be honest, the last time I did it a week ago. I've so just, this is on the TV shopping channel. People yeah, yeah, ring yeah. Up and go, I've had four of those. Yeah, and in the middle of it, I looked down at the floor and I thought, I'm so bored I could walk off set. And this is live. <laughs> this is all live. But, you know, that's. I think the thing is to... I'm not desperate to do it anymore. Like, I'm happy to do it, but I'm not. It's not like my dying urge to be a TV presenter. I'd much prefer to be behind the scenes producing great talent, and that's something that that you don't see a lot of in radio. You know, a lot of people all want to be the star. Oh, I've got an ego. I'd love to be on radio. Oh yeah, yeah. TV, and if you've yeah. got an ego, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Ben, with, with, your te <laughs> with, your, with the teaching part. Yeah. With the students that came through. Yeah. Were there oh, yeah. some like great standouts? Oh, well, like, you have what to did be, you see? Uh, well, you have to be very good at reading people. I mean, you know, you've got to realise you're taking these, these young kids that are coming in with the hopes and dreams of being Kyle or Jackie O. That's, their, that's the protege. That's okay. where they want to get to. We haven't even spoken about those two. That, is that like the pinnacle? For oh, kids? yeah, 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 for kids. I mean, that's, they want to be up there with that. that they, they see that as success, and they know it's success because it's talked about in the media okay. and what they earn in a salary. What, what the kids don't realise is Kyle was homeless. Are you happy to be homeless and live on the street and be thrown out by your family? And that's how Kyle got to where he is. I mean, he, he did a lot in, the, in his early life and had lots of trauma to get to where he is now. He makes it look very easy, but let me tell you, he was homeless. Yeah. And, and same with um, Jackie O. I mean, it took them to be teamed up for that to, synergy to happen. I mean, she was probably a nobody before that. She yeah. was with Ugly Phil before well, that. Well, they yeah. were married. Oh, oh they, they were married. Yeah, they were, yeah, 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 they were married. Yeah. And, and But you see... So she got the show and he... Well, I think... Well, I, well, he went ugly, to Triple M. He went to Triple M yeah. and he kept on working and then he's they... still around? Yeah, he's just... He's come back. He's been in London working at he the was, moment. I thought he was good, ugly. But, sure. um, yeah, I mean, the kids that you saw, I mean, I had to be very, very careful and you've got to read them 
for what they are. And it's very interesting to look around the room because I, I would always say to them, what is it the, about the power of this microphone that you really want in your life that you're not getting now? And, and what the big key message to management that I used to say is I'm not here to see these kids be successful in broadcasting. I'm here to see them find their voice and, and, and speak their truth. Now, to speak their truth sometimes is very traumatic. These kids all had low self-esteem. Everybody that comes into radio has low self-esteem. The introverts that come in and would say to me, oh, my mother thinks I've got a fabulous voice. They will never work in radio because they're so up themselves, they can't take direction. The kid that is the worst performer who lives in a housing commission, who had no eyes and had his eyes removed at 14 from glaucoma, became the star student. Wow. You see, and that's the thing. Because they've the got drive. that drive. You've got to have the drive. Well, he actually had the passion. And he sat behind the console... And he had listened to me on radio and he said, oh, I heard you on radio a few weeks ago. You sounded a little upset. And I said, as a matter of fact, I was. So he, he knew it. how to pick up the voice. Said, yeah. And then you've got to be careful because there's other things that happen. And you say to kids like, you know, one girl that I taught, why do you always wear black? What are you mourning the loss of? And she looked at me and broke down in tears in front of all the kids. And when I sat down and spoke to her, she'd been abused by her dad, you know, and been put down a whole life so she had now cloaked herself in black so that no one recognized her and I asked her to wear some color one day and she wore red socks and that was the turning point in her life now she works in a radio station as a copywriter and she's she's happy. absolutely fine well she's yeah and look to be honest happy could be $35,000 job in radio when they go to a regional station a $35,000 job in a little country town that's still pretty good yeah. And that may be as good as it gets. But that know? might also make her the happiest person in the oh, world. She's happier than the people well, then, working then, in the capital then cities. Then the salaries are relevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, and what was interesting for me was when I left TAFE, I pulled the plug on my career like one afternoon, like I just thought, now's the time. And then I didn't, I just went really cold on social media. And it was all the kids that kept on contacting me, making sure that I was okay. And it was interesting to see their reaction because they would come to me and they'd say, but Ben, you know, do you remember what you used to do in class? You used to dress and wear suits and you do this and this. And I said, yeah, but it was all an act. So all, all of a sudden... You know, you when, you, when you end up having a, a nervous breakdown or you end up in hospital, that isn't who I was. This is really who I am. It's not what I wear. But I, it still gives me the greatest thrill to turn on radio and hear kids that I helped and I remember them coming in and they had no clue and no confidence and then I hear them on Today FM and, and I listen to them and I think you know what I couldn't do that or the ones that have graduated from university it went on to universities and one of my kids he's now got an honours degree and you know I, I usually say to people well he's more qualified than me he's you know He's an academic. I, I'm not that bright. I mean, I'm just a, a guy that was a conduit, very small conduit in his life to get him to follow his passion, wherever it leads him to. Mm. But they always call and want direction. And, you know, and I think that's the thing that I, I, I like about the whole thing that I was doing back then in, in teaching. But, you know, everything changes. Nothing's forever either. And, and nothing is static. You know, so, you know, even when I built this, it was built with the, you know, grandiose that radio stations are going to use it. In COVID-19, it's still refining itself. You know, I don't know where it fits in anymore. I don't think anybody knows where they fit in. 
in this whole world now. It's almost like everything's yeah. been yeah, totally destroyed to be re- reinvented. To reset. Someone at work said the other day, they, it's, it's like you've built, you've bought the Opera House Lego and you've yeah. built it and you've just pulled it apart and like, I'm going to rebuild it, rebuild maybe it. without the and wings. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So everyone's on a journey. Well, this was amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm still smiling. I want a van. I want to, I think. I, I want to modify the van. And, and thanks to Ben, I think we're going to sound very professional and we're going to well, take, on the, take on the big boys. Well, there's no reason why you can't. I mean, everyone wants to be a star. And you can and do it uh, now. We might have to enrol in, in TAFE as well. And, uh, if you see the three of us in the back of the classroom, you know it's all happening. I don't think it's about that. I think if you've got passion, you can do anything. You don't need to go to school to learn it if you've got a passion. Yeah, that's true. Now, I say that to kids now. I say, look, you know, the truck's sitting there. Go use it. I mean, you work it out. You tell me what it can do. Because yep. there's stuff that they'll know that I won't know. I can give you formatics and, and you know ways to talk into the microphone, but the the one thing that I can't give you is my personality, and that's yeah. where it's very unique still. Yeah, and you've got the microphone. You've got to have something to say and and and, yeah, and, and get it out there. So. And you three haven't stopped for the last forty-seven minutes. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, he's got an official clock too. Uh, yeah, this is great. Yeah, you're on a clock Brilliant. countdown now. Uh, we're going to go well, to the news. Well, thanks for having me. Was, <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. It was great to be on your show, and uh, we'll have more after these commercials. <laughs> Mate, thank you. Well, yes, thank you for having us. Um, it was just like amazing, uh, insightful, and just another side. I mean, we're, 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 if you're listening to this, you're you're into podcasting. Uh, it's another wave of uh, of radio communication media, um, and it's interesting to see how it's set up. And and having a, mo- a mobile broadcasting truck is just another way of doing it. And we sound magic on these mics. <laughs> we and can't wait to your race calling. Well, oh, yeah, we're going yeah, to do. That, that, we're meant to go to Kudamandra <laughs> this year, bloody COVID. Yeah, it didn't work. But Kudamandra some of the people that, um, a few people I spoke to last week after the uh, roll racing, the roll racing, they, 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 they loved that it. it was it, hilarious. Yes, but they actually loved that they heard it was a live. in-car audio oh, live, yeah, 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 yeah. the emotion, the thing, like, you know, it was fantastic. Well, you yeah. see, from here you could cross to it, in, in, into the car, straight directly, and you could get the, the live So sound. Ross can cross to me driving his car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. And you could do all Not that sort of a stuff. Chance. Direct to air. <laughs> With bikes on the roof. Yeah. With okay. bikes on the roof. <laughs> there you go. Well, thanks, guys. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. Um, do you want, is there anything you want to plug, Ben? No, is no, there? no, no, it's fine. I'm... If everything's plugged in here, don't no, worry. No. <laughs> I'm plugged, I know you're plugged, you're plugged in as well. If anyone wants to use the van, they yeah, can yeah, email yeah. us and we'll, you know, is, if they, how do they get in contact with you? Well, I think the great thing, the, the, the message that I like to leave people with is what you're doing is what radio is about and it's about communicating with an audience and a niche audience and radio stations find that very hard because they've got to go mainstream. Yep. And, you know, the art of what you're doing is still theatre of the mind. You're talking about something that people can't see and you're explaining it in layman's terms, and that's what people want to know. So, you know, theatre of the mind is alive and well. Radio hasn't died, it's just changed. There you go. So, um, like the podcast, follow us, download us, um, send us, review us, rate us, uh, send us any emails, any questions you got at uh, alltalk at outlook.com.au. This is great. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Thanks, Hal. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. I've, taken, no, over, I've need, taken over those pages. I've been putting a lot of yeah, good I content up. I know. We need to sign off now. How are we going to sign off with this professional <laughs> mic? Just hit the button. <laughs> <laughs> just hit the well, button. You just say broadcasting live from an OB truck. We're broadcasting live from an OB truck, and we're about to sign off. The news is coming in five seconds. Four, three, two, one. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs>